Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of CB's Gold MMA Show. If you don't know who I am, I'm CB Gold, also known as CB the Grenade. I am a co-host on the MMA Roasted Podcast, the best MMA podcast out there. If you think differently, keep it to yourself. We know where we stand. You've also heard me on Half the Battle, the Loaded Joe's MMA Podcast, and the Aaron Says What Podcast. You may have seen me graph and fight events. Um, any different place that involves MMA, you might have run into me. Let me just get this straight for you guys. If you see me, you know me, give me a shout. Always love saying hello. Always love talking to uh, fellow MMA fans. So uh, wherever I'm at, if I'm at the grocery store, no matter where I'm at, if you see me, hit me up. Let's talk. Even something real quick. Uh, shout out to the people I saw at Bellator 160 last weekend, uh, including uh, my new friend Brailer, uh, who was wearing the MMA roasted T-shirt. So I had to stop him and talk to him real quick. Real good guy. Uh, check him out on Instagram. Uh, I think his name is Brailer Grout, and I think it's uh, his in Instagram tag is his last name backwards. Um, also want to give a shout-out to my boy Donnie Gons. He went with me to the Bellator 160 event. He asked me for the Q&A portion, uh, what I thought of the event, what I thought of certain fights. I'm actually not going to wait to cover that. I'm going to cover that right now because it is the most um, most recent event. And I was there, so it's definitely worth uh, my interpretation on what I saw that night. So for those of you that didn't know, I was at Bellator 160 last Friday in Anaheim at the Honda Center. It was Benson Henderson and Patricio Pitbull in the main event. Um, I saw pretty much every fight on the card, made it there early with my boy Donnie. We went to the uh, FanFest tailgate party, whatever you want to call it. Hung out with, with Kung Lee, Hoyce Gracie, Randy Couture, um, Michael Chandler, Tito Ortiz, and uh, some other fighters that were hanging out before the event. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. A couple fights didn't go my way, and uh, it was sad to see, but we'll get into that in a second. So, um, in terms of that card... Uh, basically start, you know, from the bottom, what I remember more than anything, um, the first fight of the night was Jake Roberts, who's a, uh, MMA lab, um, fighter out of Benson Henderson's camp. He fought against Steven Martinez, who's a very established grappler, competed in the opening match of the last Metamoris, which I was also at, and I knew I knew the guy for some reason, and then I figured out why. Um, and, uh, so that was an interesting matchup. I know Steven Martinez, more of a grappler, Jake Roberts, more of a striker. Martinez was working his ground game. He was doing a great job. Unfortunately, Jake got the best of him a little bit with, with on the feet and whatnot, ended up rocking him and, and getting a TKO on him. Um, I actually didn't go either way on that fight, so... I mean, I would have liked to see Martinez do it. Not mad at Jake Roberts, though. He put up a hell of a fight. Um, the next fight on the card was the Chinzo Machida Mario Navarro match. As you guys probably know, that ended pretty early, uh, a little less than three minutes into the first. Chinzo landed a couple, uh, couple nice, nice punches. 
and ended up finishing Mario Navarro by TKO. I wanted Chinzo to get it. I like Chinzo. It was a good fight. Um, actually saw him back at the hotel later. He was a little drunk. Uh, he had a, he had a one or two beers, I think, after the event. He was so happy, but I think he also broke his hand. So he wasn't shaking hands, but he was getting giving uh, high fives with his left hand. So it was cool to see him get the win in his Bellator debut. He did a great job, and we'll see where he goes from there. Uh, the next fight was one that I thought was one of the fight of the nights. Uh, Jacob Rosales and Mike Segura, they beat the shit out of each other. Um, I spoke to Mike after his fight uh, in the arena, in the concourse, and back at the hotel later on that night. You know, he wasn't happy with his performance, but he just wants to put on a show for his fans. He's got nothing but respect for the sport and the fans of the sport. Super awesome guy. Um, definitely a fan now. Going to watch out for him. I'm sure he'll get another one based on his performance, even in a loss. You know, he got busted up. He was still super fan-friendly and just... You know, just loves the sport of MMA, so he wants to continue to compete. And Jacob Rosales, I mean, that guy's a monster. He took it to him. He landed some great strikes, broke his nose, busted up his eye. You know, he, he just manhandled Mike Segura for the most part. Mike got in a couple shots, too. But um, it was a great fight. Uh, the next fight was Andy Murad's decision win over Johnny Cisneros. I was hanging out with the tattooed terror, Johnny Cisneros. Pretty much the last three days living up, uh, leading up to the fight. The guy's super awesome guy. Very fan friendly. I gave him an image I printed for him. And every time he saw me, he thanked me. He said, what's up? Uh, we ended up, you know, sitting in the lobby together discussing some bullshit while he had some time in between training sessions and cutting weight and whatnot. Um, so he was super cool. He, um, you know, Murad kind of kept him on the ground and, kept him in the clinch and really just he didn't he didn't do a lot to Johnny you know I saw Johnny after the fight he wasn't busted up um, and he just kind of he laid on him worked a few positions but never did anything super dominant but he did enough to get the decision uh, Johnny will be back though and uh, I'm looking forward to it I've actually been at two of Johnny's fights so it'll be interesting to see him come back um, the one fight I actually did not see was um, the Gabriel Green-Alex Trinidad fight. I was hanging in the concourse with some friends. Uh, I didn't get to see it. I know it was a TKO in the second round um, for Gabriel Green, but I didn't really get to see it. Uh, the, the big prelim fight that was being advertised um, that night was the Joey Davis fight. He was making his debut uh, in Bellator, he's he was 128-0 as a uh, college wrestler, I think it was, and uh, he fought Keith Catrone. He just he manhandled Keith Catrone. He busted him up. He was just he was doing everything he could. Um, I talked to Joey after the fight back at the hotel. He wasn't too happy with his performance. He said there was a lot more he could have done. He got gassed. It was a tough night for him, but you know what? He got the win. It was in dominant fashion to get that decision, unanimous decision. Um, so it was, it, was, uh, it was interesting to talk to him after such a dominant victory and have him say, you know, I didn't live up to what I thought of myself, and, <clears throat> and um, he wasn't happy with his performance. He wasn't happy with his gas tank, got more work to do, trains at the body shop, so he's got killers to work with. You know, I was proud of him for that victory. Looking forward to his next fight. 
that was the featured prelim. The next four are the main card fights, and there's more to get into with that one. Um, the first one was AJ McKee versus Cody the Crow Walker. We had Cody Walker last week on the MMA Roasted podcast. He was 8-4 and four going into the fight, all wins by finish. And AJ McKee <coughs> was, um, I think he was 4-0 also with all finishes. You know, he went out there, he smothered Cody Walker. He ended up finishing him very early in the first with a guillotine. Um, kind of what I expected with AJ. I thought Cody would put up a little bit more of a fight. But you know what? He took the fight on a few days' notice. It is not an easy fight to take against an undefeated prospect who's finished all his opponents, looked really, really good, you know, and uh, he's got the McKee gene pool and the, and the bloodline in him. So he's following his father's footsteps, Antonio McKee, who was a very successful MMA fighter. <coughs> Sorry, guys, I got like a frog in my throat or something. Um, but, you know, AJ AJ's a tough test for anybody. I'm looking forward to him making a bigger step up in competition, maybe getting like a, a higher ranked top 10, maybe, you know, maybe even stepping up to a top five guy within the next fight or two. It'd be interesting to see where he stands because right now I know he hasn't really fought a lot of big names, and uh, you can't really tout him as a contender until he's beat a contender. So that that would be the next step for AJ. Cody, I'm sure, taking the fight off short notice. He'll be back in Bellator. He'll get another fight. I'm not worried about it. Very tough dude, super nice guy, and uh, just had some fun that week. So I'm looking forward to both of their returns. Saw AJ afterwards. He was inviting me to the after party and the clubs and everything. And, you know, he's super cool with his fans. Very, very humble. Will always take a picture, sign an autograph, whatever, if you guys see him. AJ McKee is the real deal. Um, the next fight on the card was the most depressing of the night. I will openly admit that when this happened, I almost cried. I was very, very sad for what happened in this fight. Uh, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about co-host of the MMA Roasted Podcast, Bubba Jenkins, unfortunately got knocked out by Georgie Karakanyan. Um, you know, it was very early in the first round. Um, leading up to the fight, you know, the weeks prior, Bubba seemed in great spirits. He was very excited for the fight. We were all excited for him because that is our co-host, our very good friend, and uh, he had changed camps to uh, King's MMA, was working more on striking, whatnot. And um, I'd spoke to Cordero a few hours before the fight, the head of King's MMA, and he said, you know, Bubba's looking great. And we're, gonna, we're, we're definitely going to go out there and, and try and take this. Unfortunately, if you guys didn't see it, Bubba came out, threw a lot of leg kicks, couple body kicks, head kicks, this and that, um, was moving, circling. Unfortunately, he got near against the cage. He threw a front kick that Georgie caught the heel of. Georgie kind of held the heel for a few seconds and then came in with a heavy overhand right that just knocked Bubba. Just It knocked him down. I, th I don't know if he was completely out. And then Georgie came in and landed a few more shots. They had to call off the fight. Um, I was at the entrance ramp when Bubba entered because that's where my seats were. I was front row cage side. Um, I saw Bubba walk in. He came in very confident, as he always does, which he should have been. You know, this was a rematch from their first fight when he got choked out in the first round, and 
he seemed very confident, and I, I felt like he was ready, and, you know, he, he got in the cage, and I was yelling at him and cheering for him, and he looked at me and pointed at me, and so we got this, and it, it was really hard to see him to see him go down like that. Um, I wish nothing but the best to Bubba. I got nothing against Georgie, you know, he, he's been on the Roasted Podcast before. Great fighter. Uh, that was the last fight on his Bellator contract. So I don't know where he's going to end up next. I don't know if he'll re-sign with Bellator, end up back in WSOF, try for a UFC bid. I really don't know. I do know that Bubba will be back um, no matter where he goes because I don't know if his, if he's going to stay in Bellator or whatever it is. I don't want to speculate or try to you know, spread rumors, but you never know where these guys are going to end up. Um, I'm hoping for Bubba. He's got one more. I think he has one more fight on his contract in in Bellator. I hope he gets another shot. You know, um, maybe go against a guy like Emmanuel Sanchez or Henry Corrales or something, and um, he comes back with a win and, and keeps keeps his hike up. Um, but yeah, I definitely had to walk outside of the arena and just uh, go go chill out for a second after Bubba lost. I was, I was pretty upset about it. The Roasted crew was pretty upset about it. And uh, I wish nothing but the best to Bubba. I love you like a brother. If he's watching this, you will be back, brother. You will be back, and uh, you'll keep kicking that ass. It's not going to stop you, and it shouldn't stop you. So keep it up. Bubba Jakes, I'm a bad man. Uh, the next fight on the card is, is probably hands-down fight of the night. Derek Anderson got a unanimous decision over Sayada Wad. Um, great fight, great back and forth on the feet, landing crazy punches, kicks, ended up on the ground at some time, amazing scrambles, triangle to omoplot to a sweep to just different things and left and right. The guys both put up a fucking war of attrition for that fight. Um, going into the third I said to my friend Donnie, who was with me, shout out again to Donnie Gons. Um, I said to him, you know, if this goes another five and goes to the judges, I would not be shocked at a split. And um, it went to the judges, and it ended up unanimous. Two judges scored at 29-28, Derek Anderson, and one scored at 30-27. You know, I think Derek won the fight. I think he won two rounds to one. I don't agree with the 30-27. I, I can't say that at all. Um, I think Sayad won a round. And in my opinion, it could have gone to a split. Wouldn't have been mad if it went the other way to Sayad. Guy's a fucking warrior. He just kept coming. Uh, it just really depends. You know, It depends on the judges that are at the, at the Cape side for that fight and what they see. And like I said, there was a lot of exchanges. There was a lot of scrambles. Sayad was saying, you know, you hit me, but you didn't do anything. Keep it coming. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to argue with the decision. I'm going to argue with unanimous that one was a 30-27 because Sayad definitely won a round, if not possibly two. Like I said, could have been a split. Wouldn't have been mad either way. Uh, didn't really have a dog in the fight. Proud of both guys. They're not going to fault Syed for that loss. Derek, he's just he's just going to keep moving. I've seen two of his fights live. I've seen two of Syed's fights live. Both great fighters. Both will be back. Watch out for them. They're both really good fighters. So if you get a chance, you see a Bellator card with Derek Anderson or Syed Awad, um, 
check it out, man. They both come to fight. So the main event was Benson Henderson against Patricio Pitbull Frady. Now, Ben, this was his second fight in Bellator. If you don't know, he had one prior. His debut was at 170 pounds against the champ, Andre Koreshkov. This was a non-title fight where the winner would face Michael Chandler for the belt later this year. And, um, you know, Benson's technically a 170er. I know he always fought at 155, but 155 is a tough cut for him. Patricio Pitbull is normally a 145er. He was coming up because after Chandler knocked out Patricky, Patricio said, well, I'm going to kill you. And then he came up to 155 to try and get the shot. Um, in all honesty, in this fight, I was looking forward to it. And then it happened, and it did not deliver. Um, I'm not saying either fighter fought shitty or anything like that. I am saying that both were checking their range. They were trying to figure out what they should be doing. In my opinion, Patricio is a, is a he throws. He can go wherever the fight goes, but he is more of a stand-up, in my opinion, stand-up fighter. And um, I felt that he should be throwing more punches and maybe a few more kicks, uh, trying to close the distance against Ben. Now, Benson, as we know, most of his big wins, other than the decisions, most of his big finishes were by submission. You know, he's got a great guillotine, he's got great wrestling, rear naked choke, stuff like that. And he's a great submission defense fighter, too, so he can get out of a lot. But he was trying to test his range, he was trying to throw kicks and punches, and that's, in my opinion, that's not really his forte. Um, so it was tough to watch two guys trying to find range, but not really landing much. Now, I did find out after the fact, which most of you already probably know, uh, Patricio Freddy broke his shin, his fibula bone, in the first round. And when he came out for the second, he threw kicks, realized that he did not have strength in his leg anymore, and he was having a tough time with it, and unfortunately had to wave off the fight due to an injury. Um, the people in the building were booing their heads off. I really was wishing Ally Quinta was there because he would have just uh, told everybody to go fuck themselves and stop booing. Um, you know, it, it's tough to hear because these guys are both world-class athletes and you're fighting for a title shot. And they, a lot of times fighters use the first round in a huge fight to figure out their range and see what they need to do to win. Uh, people were very unhappy when it got called off because nobody really knew what happened because it wasn't like, you know, Anderson or Tyrone Spong where the leg broke and it was obvious that it was flopping around and nobody could tell what the hell was happening. So um, people were upset, found out later that Patricio broke his fibula, um, and Benson did end up getting the TKO in the second round. So he will face Michael Chandler later this year in November for the belt. I think it's in San Jose. Um, good for him. I think it's a good fight. But I'll get into that in a second. Uh, Patricio Pitbull, I saw at the hotel later that night. Uh, he came in on crutches, and he broke his fibula. He had a cast on with a boot. And uh, it's going to be a tough recovery for him, but I have no doubt he'll be back. He'll be kicking ass once again. And uh, I don't know if he'll go back to 145 or stay at 155. I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And um, 
best of, best of luck in his recovery and best wishes. And uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But that was the fight card that night. Overall, I had a great time. Um, it was a really fun event. It was fun to go with my boy Donnie. I saw some other people there. I saw my boy Randy Field. You know, Adam Hunter and Greg Wilson were there. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. So that will lead me into the news portion of this episode. I'm going to discuss some news with you guys. I'm going to start off with some Benson Henderson news. As I said, he's fighting Michael Chandler in San Jose on November 19th for the lightweight title. How do I think this fight goes? Um, you know, I watched Chandler train every day for, for three years at Extreme Couture. The guy's an amazing wrestler. He's coming to his own with striking, good submissions. Uh, will he submit Ben Anderson? I doubt it. Can he take him down? Possibly. I, I think either of them could exchange takedowns. Maybe. I think Chandler has the slight edge. Um, but I think more than likely it's going to end up on the feet. And I think Michael Chandler has the, um, the possibility of knocking him out. So... I love Benson Henderson, always been a fan, but I see Michael Chandler retaining his title and uh, moving on to the next contender. Uh, another fight that was added to that card is Michael Venom Page, MVP, is going to face off with Fernando Gonzalez. This fight was supposed to happen a while ago. Uh, it got messed up, and then Fernando with the visa issues and whatever it was, it's been messed up, and uh, it's been added to this card. Again, November 19th, San Jose. So those are your main and co-main. They've already booked out the poster for it, or from what it looks like, they have the poster ready. So that's a big fight. Um, looking forward to both of them. You know, I think MVP can beat Fernando. Can he knock him out? I don't know, but he can definitely submit him. Fernando's got a hell of a chin, uh, iron jaw on him. So that'll be interesting. Um, another thing that was announced, which most knew, but it was officially announced at Bellator 160 last Friday, was that Rory McDonald has signed with Bellator. So Rory left the UFC after his loss to Wonderboy, and <coughs> he, uh, he entered Bellator, and I'm sure he's getting a lot of money and more sponsors and able to just showcase his skills. He's had his issues with uh, the UFC, which I'll get into later. Um, about his problems with them, and that he was excited to leave and test free agency. And uh, I'm pretty sure that Bellator paid him a handsome fee to come over. It's unsure of when he will debut. I was hearing rumors that it might not be till next summer. Um, so I don't know. It depends on his injuries and, and recoup from, I guess, the last few fights. Unfortunately, if a feather kind of wafts into Rory's nose, it breaks because of the last few fights, especially after what Robbie did to it. So I don't know when his official debut will be. I will for sure get into it as soon as I find out. Keep an eye out for it on Twitter, from either Bellator or myself, depending on who you follow. And uh, so that's, that's uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I don't know if they'll immediately give him a title shot, which he may deserve, but... Then also, I was hearing that they're going to test him for his first fight and possibly give him a number one contender eliminator um, for the belt. 
I may, do I think he can beat Koreshkov? I think he can. I think he is a welterweight champ in Bellator for sure. Uh, I made a joke over the last few weeks because Lorenz Larkin is also a free agent right now testing the market. I thought it'd be funny if uh, Lorenz ended up signing with Bellator, that you'd have a UFC title eliminator for a Bellator championship. I think it's funny. It'd be interesting. Uh, we don't know where Lorenz is going to end up. Wouldn't be shocked if he stays with UFC. I'm happy no matter where he goes. Big fan of his after he just destroyed Neil Magny. So we'll see what happens with that. But Rory, I can pretty much see he's a champ at 170, whether it's Koreshkov or somebody else. I do know that MVP called Rory out. Um, I think that's uh, it's an interesting fight. I don't think it should be Rory's first fight. And I think MVP should take somebody a little bit lower on the chain to continue his rise which is, I guess, where the Fernando Gonzalez fight came from. Uh, but down the road, that could be a very interesting fight, but I, I, I couldn't pick a dog in that one. I mean, I'm a bigger fan of MVP, so I'd go for MVP, but I couldn't guarantee you who's going to win that fight at all. Uh, Bellator also announced one more card that's coming up. Uh, they're going to Memphis, and uh, shockingly enough, Rampage is not on that card yet. It looks like Bobby Lashley has signed to the card. Um, when I last checked, he had an opponent, but it was somebody I hadn't heard of. Um, so it wasn't like a big marquee matchup for him. Um, not a big deal heavyweight name. So we'll see what happens with Bobby Lashley. Never been the biggest fan of his an MMA fighter. I think he's a little boring. Uh, I think if he gets bloodied up or punched a little bit, he kind of looks for the door sometimes. But we'll see. We'll see if he can rise to the occasion and continue up the ladder. Uh, but it looks like the main event for that card has been added. Returning from his suspension, Alexander Shlomenko, former U uh, sorry, former Bellator middleweight champion, is going to return and face off against Kendall Grove. I really like this fight. Uh, Shlomenko's been out, like I said, due to the suspension, anti-doping violation. Um... Kendall Grove is always a tough guy. Shlomenko's a tough guy. You know, it's it's kind of a, a shorter, more muscle-bound Shlomenko versus a tall, rangy Kendall Grove. Uh, where does this fight go? I don't know. Um, I think Kendall has the ability to knock him out if he uses his range and, and does what he's been doing. You know, he had that, I think his last fight, he knocked the guy out silly, like with a stupid straight right. Um, and Shlomenko, you know, he's, he, he's good everywhere. He's not great anywhere. And like I said, he hasn't been, um, he hasn't been in, in the cage in a while. And, you know, you never know how those suspensions do. And he lost his title and he lost to Tito and it's just been a tough road for him lately. So, We'll see what happens with him, but uh, definitely looking forward to that main event. Um, leaving Bellator, well, leaving Bellator news, we have a quick UFC to WSOF announcement. Jared Rushell, the big show, uh, after his loss to Roy Nelson at Hendricks Thompson card back in uh, February, he was cut from the UFC. He has just signed with WSOF, so that's another good heavyweight prospect in WSOF. I think he might have the ability to become WSOF heavyweight champion. Um, 
but we'll have to see. I don't know if they're going to give him a title shot right off the bat or if it'll you know, be a test fight, number one contender. So we'll see what happens with him, but I'm glad he landed on his feet somewhere. That's a team takedown guy. So we'll see what happens with him. Uh, getting into the UFC news, there's more like random news than anything. Um, not a lot of fight announcements. A few, but nothing super, uh, nothing like uh, extravagant. Like when we were announcing, you know, 204 matches and 203 matches. Uh, but first off, GSP, George St. Pierre, has re-entered himself in the USADA testing pool. Which, if you don't know, you, re you enter USADA testing because you want to fight. They start testing you and uh, you get out of competition tests and they can show up at your door at the grocery store. They can show up while you're taking a shit in your bathroom and say, hey, pee for us, give us some blood. So it looks like GSP wants to return. Uh, you wouldn't submit yourself for testing again if you didn't. He was always complaining about the testing that's not stringent enough. Um, so I guess it's better now that they're catching everybody and their mother for anti-doping violations that GSP has said, you know what, I want back. And uh, he's called for fights with Tyron Woodley and Nick Diaz and whoever it is. So I'll discuss that in a little bit, but GSP, he might be back. Um, the next news, which is unfortunate, which you probably all already know already, Ronda Rousey will not be fighting at UFC 205 at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Uh, it was a, a heavy rumor that was going around that she'd be returning. She will not return this year. It's possible she comes back in 2017. In my personal opinion, I don't know if she ever fights again because I don't feel like she has to. I'd like to see her come back. Um, but, like I said, I can't guarantee it. I don't know enough. And I know there's a lot of people on the Ronda Rousey train that would like to fight her. Juliana Pena would like to fight her or get a title shot. Um, I know that, you know, Misha wants another one. Nunez wants her as the champ. And, uh... It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if she comes back and who she gets off the bat. So I don't know what they're going to do with Amanda Nunes. I know Juliana Pena is petitioning hardcore for that fight. I'm not against it. Um, I think it'd be a good fight. They've been going back and forth on Twitter. If you haven't seen the beef, check out either one of their Twitters. Thoroughly entertaining. Uh, talking a lot of shit. So check that out. But yes, Ronda Rousey will not be back this year. In terms of somebody that probably will be back this year, Cowboy Cerrone has re-signed with the UFC. He was a free agent for about 12 hours after his fight. He has decided to sign a new eight-fight contract with the UFC. And uh, it's September 1st at time of this recording, so he's got four months to do eight fights. I think he does it in two months, fights every, uh, every week which I don't, he wouldn't be against. Of course, I'm joking, but Cowboy fights all the fucking time, so that eight-fight contract could be up by, you know, this time next year or earlier. So we'll see what happens. Um, somewhat ridiculous news, which I really don't understand why people think they can just do stupid shit like this. John Jones is now being sued by a fan for his withdrawal from UFC 200. 
based on the guy spent money on airfare and hotel and tickets to the fight and all this bullshit. And the guy's now suing John Jones for being pulled. Um, okay. That is definitely a head scratcher. Coincidence, I'm scratching my head. But um, I don't get it. You know, other than you can get your, your hotel back. You can get your airfare back, in, in, sometimes in a coupon, sometimes full refund, just depends on how early. You know, you can your tickets are refundable. Um, I know it was only like two or three days before the event, but really? We're going to sue John Jones and, and try to get all our money back and sue him for extra money? Stop being ridiculous. Case will probably get thrown out or... I don't even know. I honestly don't care. I don't know why I'm even reporting it. I just think it's stupid. You know, um, I don't know. Next thing will be somebody else will a basketball player for getting injured the day of the game or something. I, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Um, the last bit of news that has nothing to do with matchmaking is, in my opinion, the craziest news I've heard about the UFC in a while. And I don't know if everybody else has heard this, but Joe Silva, the UFC matchmaker for, I think, 155 and above, is leaving the promotion. He has decided to leave the UFC. I think he's been with them for, I think, 19 years. And uh, it looks like he wants to retire, and he's done, because as a result of the new ownership, I guess he's decided that it's... Uh, not in his best interest to stay on, or he just wants to, uh, you know, call it a career. I mean, the guy's the best matchmaker in the world. He's been around forever. Uh, one of the nicest guys to the fans. So, uh, you know what? I wish the best to Joe Silva. UFC, if you're looking for a matchmaker, call CB Gold. I'm here. I'll take his job. No matter where Joe Silva goes, I'm coming for you, UFC. I will promo all day to get that job. Give me that job. I'll matchmake shit. I'll be the best matchmaker you've had besides Joe Silva. Um, and it looks like he'll be out by the end of the year uh, or as early as the end of the year. Just depends on what he wants to do, but he has informed the UFC he is leaving. So Joe Silva, not that you watch my show, but because other people do, word of mouth, I wish you the best in your future endeavors no matter what you do. You're an amazing matchmaker. You're always cool to the fans, always talking to them about you know, events and whatever it was when you were with us fans. So I got nothing but respect for you, and uh, I wish you the best. Good luck in whatever it is you do. If you are retiring, enjoy retirement. You've earned it by far. So, speaking of last-minute matchmaking, well, last-minute to my news portion of this episode, we have four fights that have been announced. First fight added to UFC 204, Manchester, England. Coming up very, very soon. Arnold Allen will face off against Mursad Bektik. I know I had a fan ask me about an episode or two ago, where is Mursad Bektik? Where is he going? Is he going to fight again? Uh, what's going to happen with him? Well, you ask, you shall receive. Mursad Bektik is back. Arnold Allen is back. UFC 204, Manchester, England. Headlined. Bisping. Hendo. Two. Middleweight title. Kind of ridiculous. But 
How do I feel about this matchup? You know what? Ring rust is a bitch, depending on if you believe it or not. I've seen it go both ways. Uh, but I got Mersad in this. Mersad's a real tough kid, uh, great grappler. So I think Mersad Bektik's going to take this one. Uh, but I'll get more in-depth as we get closer to 204. I'll do my picks. By the way, for you guys wondering, I know I didn't do my 202 picks. I was a little Connor caught up. Didn't want to go into it and maybe jinx anything. I am a little superstitious when it comes to that stuff. Uh, but UFC 203 is next weekend, not this weekend. This weekend is the Barnett Arlovsky card out of Germany on Fight Pass. It, the main card is at noon West Coast time. Noon West Coast time on Saturday. It is not a fight night. It is a fight morning. So if you're up, watch it. It's going to be great. you got Barnett and Arlovsky, Gustafson, and uh, Jan Blahovich. A couple other great fights on there. I know my girl Ashley Evans-Smith is on there. She's going to be fighting. So check out for that. Again, next week is UFC 203. I will probably do my own show for picks for that one. So you guys can look out for that. Um, random side note, you guys, a lot of people have been wondering why are my episodes so far and in, uh, far in between. Well, I don't want to record an episode unless I have a lot to talk about. Uh, I don't want to just drop like, you know, a 10, 15 minute episode. I want to be able to discuss a lot of things, get the buzz going, get you guys to hit me up about the show after and, uh, you know, get some conversations going and for you guys to have more so to listen to, especially for you people that have long drives or long work days that you want to listen to something, I try to knock out an hour of your work day because I would hope that would be the same thing you did for me. Unfortunately, my work is this and uh, Tattoo Shop, which hours go by no problem because I do whatever I want. Um, but yes, I like to keep them with a lot of news, so I apologize for the absence sometimes, but... If there's more news, there's more shows. Less news, less shows. Um, so that that's basically what what how I feel about producing episodes. Uh, the next fight that has been announced will be the main event for the Northern Ireland Belfast card. Uh, Gunnar Nelson, the adopted Irish child of SBG, will be facing off against Dong Yun Kim, and we're talking about Dong Stun Gun Yun Kim, not. Maestro Yun Kim. Uh, we're talking about the 170 Dong Yun Kim. I think this is a great fight. You're putting it in Ireland. Um, I think Gunny's got this. I called Gunny against uh, Tumanov. I was right. He's the only one on the Roasted Podcast to do that. Gunny's a tough guy. Great grappler. Dong Yun Kim has good judo, but we haven't really seen a lot of it. He's got good striking. Got a few knockouts. Um, but I think Gunner can take him down and kind of just work him on the ground, get a submission, no problem. So I got Gunny Nelson uh, in that one. Um, now, from a Bellator to a UFC guy, Marcin Held, who you might know, he, has cha he challenged Will Brooks for the Bellator lightweight title a while back. Very good submission specialist in Bellator. Is no longer in Bellator. He has joined the UFC. Um... He signed a UFC contract, I think, sometime last week, and he has already got a fight. He will be appearing on the Mexico City card against Diego Sanchez. This is an incredible fight. 
Um, if you didn't see Marcin Held's fight with Will Brooks, the most recent one, try and find it. Check it out. Marcin Held is a leg lock specialist, very talented, uh, Bellator lightweight contender, and I think he could be a contender in the UFC. His leg locks come out of nowhere. Um, you know, Diego's a grinder, and he likes to slug it out. Marcin, I don't think, has a problem with that. So I wouldn't be shocked to see a stand-up war. At the same time, uh, you know, I could see Marcin Held diving for leg locks for three rounds straight unless he gets one. And uh, we'll see. But I think uh, I think Marcin Held can win this fight uh, a lot easier than probably people are giving him credit for. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But Marcin Held is now a UFC fighter. So get excited. Uh, another card... Or another fight that has been added to the Mexico City card is Kelvin Gastelum returns against Jorge Masvidal. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't agree with this fight. And it's not because of, you know, um, who can win, who doesn't win. I think that the fact that Kelvin beat Johnny Hendricks and he's now ranked number five I think he should get a better fight than going off the rankings to Masvidal. Uh, it's a win-win for Masvidal. If he loses, he was way lower ranked. If he wins, he just beat Kelvin Gastelum and just beat Johnny Hendricks. Um, you know, there's nobody above Kelvin right now other than Robbie that's available for a fight that because, you know, Maya and Steven Thompson want... The title fight, uh, Maya said on the post-fight presser, I won't take another fight um, before that title shot. But I could see, you know, Kelvin and, and Cowboy or Kelvin and Magny rematch or, you know, uh, even Kelvin and Rick Story or Terry Safety, any, any of those guys, you know, it could be a, a better fight. Um, I just, I think it's kind of a lose-lose for, for Kelvin. Because if you win, yeah, you beat Masvidal, but you're not moving up the rankings. And if you lose, you're taking a shit in the rankings. So I think it's a little bit of a strange matchmaking. Um, besides that, it has the ability to be a great fight. I am looking forward to it. Always like both guys' fights. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, but I got Kelvin in that. I think he's too much, and I think he's too big for Masvidal. You got a bona fide 185er fighting a bona fide 155er. So you're meeting him in the middle, and Kelvin's going to be the bigger dude. So that's just my opinion. We'll see what happens. So let's get into the question and answer portion. We've got quite a few questions for today's episode. I'm looking forward to them. Uh, so we'll just get started, jump right in. Friend of mine on Twitter, Seth Ho, at Seth. It's at Seth H O H. How do I think Marcin Held will do in the UFC? Well, at 155, I think Marcin Held does well. Moving up the ladder, I think he's a good competitor, great ground specialist, has leg locks for days, good submission guy. Um, slowly moving up the ladder, I think he, he does well. I think a fight with him and Joe Lozon could be absolutely amazing. Um, there's other guys he could fight that could be really good. Do I think he's going to be a champion right off the bat? No, but he has stiffer competition 
at 155 in the UFC than he did in Bellator. So I'm looking forward to his transition. And uh, you know how his game works here, rather like in comparison to where it was in Bellator. So I think he does well, Seth. I think he does well. I'm looking forward to his first fight with Diego Sanchez in Mexico. So uh, that should be that should be a lot of fun. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I think he's a great addition to the UFC 155 division. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, next question from my buddy Kyle Ballinger, at Kyle Ballinger. How did GSP and Nick Diaz fit into the welterweight division, and how does it affect Damian Maya's stock? Well, you know, um, it's kind of a different discussion for the two fighters. If GSP comes back, it's arguable he could get an immediate title shot or a title eliminator. Do I agree, agree with it? Not really, because it's been a long time, and the division has made a lot of changes since then. Um, but again, it's GSP. He's gonna he's got to have a marquee fight to come back. So it's either got to be for the title, or it's got to be you know Nick Diaz or a Condit rematch, or you know who knows. Rory left, so that fight ain't happening, which I don't think it ever was. Um, Nick Diaz is a little bit different, though, because Nick, he hasn't had a win in a while. He's been off the map, suspended, this, that, the other. You know, where does he fit in? He's not getting a title shot. They're, they're not. Now that Robbie lost, if Nick comes back soon, which I think his suspension is up or almost up, I think him and Robbie Lawler rematch would be amazing. I think that would be great. Um, how does it affect Maya's stock? You know what? It could go either of two ways. Either, you know, Stephen Thompson's supposed to get the next shot. And I don't disagree with that. Um, so Stephen Thompson and Tyron Woodley would be a great fight. I think Damian Maya gets the winner. In terms of GSP and Nick Diaz, I don't think they should jump the line. Unfortunately, because of the time frame between title fights and, and other shit that happens, um, I wouldn't be shocked if Damian Maia gets pushed back a little bit and has to take another fight or whatever it is. But he may not take another fight. He may say, you know what, I want my title shot and this is where it's going to go. Um, I wouldn't actually mind seeing Damian Maia and Nick Diaz. I think the jiu-jitsu aspect of it would be absolutely amazing. Um, but... Both GSP and Nick Diaz want marquee fights. They want the money fights. So we'll see where they fit in. I hope it doesn't affect Damian Maya, but I would not be surprised if it did. Not at all. So on to the next one. Antoine Hood, my buddy. I saw you at uh, Almeida Garbrandt in Vegas. I'm always watching your videos online. Are you trading the little ones with jiu-jitsu and, and your gym, getting huge amounts of crowds to show up. Congrats, man. And your fighters getting fights, that's awesome. Antoine Hood has asked me to play Joe Silva. Well, if the UFC is watching, I don't have to play. I can be Joe Silva. Hire me. I got enough references. Just call my peeps. Just don't call Greg Wilson, because he'll try to beat me and take my job. So play Joe Silva. Who gets the next title shot in each UFC division and why? Well... I'm going to start at the top and work to the bottom. Next week, we have Stipe Miocic, 
Uh, Alistair Overeem. Um, that is for the belt. The winner of that gets the shot. Or gets the belt, actually. Who do I think should be after that? Um, you know it's a tough call right now. I think you could argue Kane Velasquez. Um, if he gets another win, depending on how long these guys are out. Um, I, I mean, I think he would be front runner. It's 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 tough to say because you know the heavyweight division. It's always moving, it's always changing and moving and and doing and whatever. Um, you know, you could argue Verdum if he beats Travis Brown, but Kane just beat Travis Brown, so maybe you do if Fabrizio wins uh, next week at two o three. Maybe you do Kanan Verdum for the winner of Alistair and Stipe. That, that could definitely be a, a good idea. So I would say make Fabrizio and Kane fight if Fabrizio beats Travis Brown. If Travis Brown wins, give it a Kane. That's who I say. Uh, light heavyweight, as we know, the champ is Daniel Cormier. We don't know how long John Jones is out. To me, it doesn't matter. I think Anthony Johnson deserves the title shot. I think he deserves it, he deserves it, he deserves it. Dana talking about doing Rumble and John Jones for the title shot. I think that's bullshit. I like John Jones. You've been suspended too many times. You've fucked up too many times. You had your chance. Rumble has beaten everybody that's been put in front of him. Knocked all of them the fuck out. It's time for Anthony Johnson to get what's his. A rematch of Daniel Cormier, but he gets 8 to 12 weeks, whatever his camp is, to train for Cormier, not Jones. Full camp for Cormier. Rumble Johnson, that's what I'm saying. Um, middleweight, Michael Bisping is the champ. I disagree with this Hendo booking. We'll get into why I disagree in a second on another fan's question that asked a similar question. Who do I think gets the next shot? Whoever wins, well, if Bisping wins at 204, he keeps the belt. If Hendo wins, he said he's retiring and vacating the belt, which then turns it into a sticky situation. Luke Rockhold is saying he may not come back due to professional modeling bookings that he might want to do. But regardless of who the champ is, Jacare deserves the belt, the shot, whatever you want to call it. He deserves it. There's nobody that has worked harder and won more to get there than Jacare. Jacare should have gotten Bisping at 204 in England. Uh, they invited him to 199 for the winner of Rocco Bisping. Bisping won, and then all of a sudden Dan Henderson's in there. Um, I hope Henderson knocks Bisping the fuck out, but then it makes a debacle of the middleweight division. You could look at a four-man tournament for it. I, I don't really know, but I think... Regardless of how it ends, I think Jacare is front-runner for that belt. Should have got the shot at 204, but they're not hooking it up. Um, Tyron Woodley's the champ at welterweight. Who should get next shot? Steven Thompson or Damian Maya? It's an easy question. Um, Robbie defended a lot. Should he get an immediate rematch? Possibly, but... There's a little bit of a line for this title shot. Steven Thompson has beaten uh, all the guys that he should to get there. And Damian Maia has beaten a lot of the guys too. 
but Stephen Thompson, I think, got there first and beat a little bit stiffer competition. Um, so I think that Stephen Thompson deserves the next one, and according to Dana, that's what's going to happen. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, champion of the lightweight division. Who do I think should get the shot? Conor McGregor should get the lightweight shot. Yeah, I said it. My bias is in here because Eddie's been talking shit about Conor, saying he wants an easy fight, so I want to fight Conor McGregor. Well, Conor wants Eddie. I don't know if Dana's going to let that happen, so I'll be a, be a little bit more realistic in answer. I think the winner of Rafael Dos Anjos and Tony Ferguson that's coming up soon should get the shot. Uh, Dos Anjos lost to Eddie, got knocked out bad. Tony Ferguson's been on his way up. I would say Khabib, but the guy is just way too injury-prone. And, you know, just by saying that Khabib's injury-prone, he might have just blew out his knee again. You may want to call AK to check on it, but I think he might have. Uh, so I say the winner of Dos Anjos, Tony Ferguson, gets that shot. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't argue against a Nate Diaz title shot just based on the fact that he took those Conor fights, and uh, he's the money fight right now. So Nate could be a possibility because Eddie and Nate have been talking a lot of shit to each other recently. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, featherweight depends on if Connor defends or if Aldo becomes the champ. If Connor defends, it has to be Aldo. He has earned the right, he's there, and it has to be Aldo. If Aldo if if Connor doesn't defend and Aldo needs to defend, I'd say Max Holloway. I think Max Holloway and Jose Aldo could be an amazing fight. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I, I would very much look forward to that fight, and I would think that Holloway could beat him, and I would hope for Holloway to beat him. So that would be where I stand on the featherweight division, but it really depends on the log jam that is Mr. Conor McGregor, the king of Dublin, the notorious Mystic Mac, whatever else you want to call him. Uh, bantamweight, Dominic Cruz is the champ. Um, you know, this is a tougher one. There's a lot of ways it could go. You could give Cody Garbrandt the shot. They've been talking a lot of shit back and forth to each other. You've got UFC Portland coming up where Lineker and Dodson are facing off. The winner of that could get the title shot against Dominic Cruz. That would be an amazing fight. Um, TJ Dillashaw could get the shot or the rematch because he beat Rafael Asuncao. If I had to pick one person... I'd probably pick Cody because I think it sells. I think Cody sells. I think it's a good fight. It's power versus technique or versus speed. And uh, I think that'd be a great fight. Flyweight, as we know, it's going to come down to whoever wins this Ultimate Fighter season. Who do I think that's going to be? You'll find out in a few minutes when I get to that question. Um, to fight Demetrius, I still think Wilson Hayes deserves his shot. I think maybe he should get it before the, uh, the finale, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I would have to say the winner of Tough 24, but I still, in my opinion, if I was able to pick it and the Tough 24 winner could wait, I would pick Demetrius and Wilson Hayes. That's, that's who, where I would go with that. Um, getting into the girls, there's a lot to discuss. Uh, Amanda Nunes is the champ. Ron is not coming back this year, so I feel like Nunez needs to defend her title. Holly Holm coming off of two losses. Shevchenko off a win over Holm, but Shevchenko already lost to Nunez. Misha Tate lost to Nunez. I think Juliana Pena is, is your girl for that belt shot. Um, you know, Juliana, 
She beat Kat Zingano. She's beat everybody else they've put in front of her. And she's the only one that's not coming off of a, a loss or has lost to the champ. They've never fought. I picked Juliana Pena. She should be the number one contender for the title shot against Amanda Nunes. Who knows what the UFC is going to do. But this is my show. I dropped my opinions. And I was asked a direct question. So, Antoine, I'm going to answer your direct question. Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunes. There you go. Venezuela versus Brazil. Last division, the women's strawweight division. Um, Joanna Jacek, we know, is the champ. It's it's kind of a tough call right now. Rose is coming off the loss to Carolina Kavalkovich. Uh, Jessica Andrade and Joan Calderwood are about to fight. If I had to make a fight for tomorrow, I would say Carolina Kavalkovich. It would be a great stand-up war between the two. be a hell of a fucking fight. And uh, I, I would definitely look forward to that. Um, plus the fact that both are uh, both are great stand-up fighters, and they're also both undefeated. So we shall see. Um, but that's where I stand, Mr. Antoine Hood, on my orders on my uh, on the order of title shots. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I see things going. Um, my friend Casey Brandon from Facebook, very short question. With all this GSP talk of him returning, should Connor get GSP? Short answer, fuck no. Long answer, fuck no. Okay, I got a little bit of a long answer. Um, if GSP comes back, should he get Connor? I don't think either one of them should want to fight each other or should fight each other. I think that's a bad fight for Connor. GSP is all wrestler, and I don't think Connor has the takedown defense to pull it off. Um, and I don't think GSP on his coming back should should fight Connor because that fight doesn't really get him anywhere in the 170 division. And I don't know if Connor wants to go to 170 anymore. So I don't think they should fight. Um, that's my opinion. But I don't think they should fight. I think it's gonna it has the possibility of ruining either or both men's stock going forward. So no Connor GSP, especially for my own well-being. I can't see Connor lose again, even though he might. But I don't need like an almost guaranteed loss to a guy like GSP, unless Connor knocked him out, which that'd be pretty awesome. So got a question from my friend Andy Hollingsworth from Facebook. This is my boy. Uh, should recently crowned champions pick and be able to choose pick and choose who their next fight is? No. Period. No. Connor's gotten to pick. You know, um, other division fighters have been able to pick. I disagree with the whole thing. You got Tyron calling his shots right now, which I don't think he should be allowed to do. So we don't want GSP or Nick Diaz. You're getting Steven Thompson. I don't think any champion should be able to pick and choose their fights. It should be based on rankings. Unfortunately, the rankings are decided by media. And the media, I don't think, knows what they're doing when it comes to rankings. And the UFC doesn't really take those rankings seriously in making matchups. You know, look at Bisping and Hendo. Hendo's like 10. Bisping's the champ. Bisping should have to fight the guy that earned his shot, Jacare. Not a guy who's like two and five for his last few. 
Um, and that's nothing against Hendo. That's looking at the rankings. Crown, recently crowned champions, current champions, long long time champions. Nobody should be able to pick and choose. If you're the champ, you fight the number one contender or who's the most viable for number one contender at that moment. And that's how you prove you are the real champion. Stop looking for tomato cans. Stop looking for easy ways to hold your belt a little bit longer. So nobody should be not... Be not Hey guys, welcome back. I got cut off by, by my recorder. Uh, just going to record a part two so you guys have a little bit more to listen to. The last one reached about an hour. So uh, I'll see if I can blend it into one video. If not, it'll be in two parts. You guys can enjoy two parts. What I was saying was prove yourself the number one, prove yourself the number one in the world. Defend your title against whoever they put in front of you, and that's it. That's the way things should be. No picking, no choosing, no whining. Be the champ and fight as the champ. If you lose your belt, you're not the champ. If you beat a guy that you picked, do you prove yourself as the champ? Probably not. Probably not as much as just beating whoever the fuck they put in front of you, and that's the end of it. Done. So, no. No picking and choosing title fights. Calling somebody out and picking is two different things. But if you're the champ, fight all comers. That's it. Next question, Ryan Smith, also on uh, Twitter as Colorado MMA fan, I think is his Twitter tag, but he hit me up on Facebook. How would I build the UFC 205 main card? Um, with New Yorkers? Duh. Just kidding. Um, that's the Madison Square Garden card, the debut in New York City. How would I build it? Well, you put Jones on the card, New Yorker. You put Weidman on the card, New Yorker. You put Frankie Edgar on the card from New Jersey, but would love to represent New York. Um, Al Jermaine Sterling, guys from the East Coast, you do a New York versus the world, or New York, New Jersey, because I consider Jersey part of New York because Jersey shouldn't be its own state and whatever. And don't get mad at me if you're in Jersey. My dad's entire side of his family's from Jersey. So relax there, killers. But, uh... Yeah, it should be New Yorkers. Do I know the certain fighters that should be on it? No, I haven't really looked at it that way. Um, I don't look at cards really that way just yet. Maybe in the future I will. But it should be predominantly New Yorkers, big names, Ally, Kinta, uh, other guys like that. Do it that way. Do it where they can represent their state on their first ever card because those are the guys that for years have been petitioning to get the UFC into Madison Square Garden in New York City, and the government kept voting it down. Well, now it's legal, motherfuckers. We won. We got you. We're coming to New York City. We're coming to Madison Square Garden. Let's put it with New Yorkers. Done. Uh, another friend of mine, Don Manos, asked, thoughts about Rory's comments regarding the UFC, Reebok, and Robbie Lawler's USADA testing. Um... I know Rory said about the UFC that it's boring. I know he said about Reebok that everybody looks the same in their little uniform. And I know he said that Robbie was not properly tested or failed tests and they didn't, they didn't tell, they didn't re reveal it, they just let him fight. Um, to be brutally honest, it sounds a little whiny. I understand you can say, you know, I'd rather be in Bellator for such and such reason then being in the UFC, I'm glad I tested free agency. But you know what, dude? You left the organization. You're in another organization that you feel is better. And just leave it in the past. 
You know, you could say the UFC was boring or the matchmaking wasn't good for you or whatever it is, but to sit there and whine and, and this and that and, you know, Robbie wasn't tested, you know what? It makes you sound kind of like a crybaby. So go to your new organization and just fight there. Fight, get to the title, win the title, be the kingpin of 170 in your organization and call it a day. UFC is behind you. It's like fucking getting a new girlfriend and, and telling her everything about why your old girlfriend sucks. Not, not really uh, the most intelligent thing to do. So move on. Rory, wish you nothing but the best. In Bellator, I see you as a champion at 170. And uh, don't worry about the UFC. They're behind you. You're getting more money. You're getting a better deal. You get your sponsors. Everything is better for you in respects to moving from the UFC to Bellator. So leave it alone. Go kick ass. Have a great time. I wish you the best. Uh, Casey Brandon left me another question on Facebook. I am going to answer it. This is a very good question. Thoughts on fighters changing weight classes throughout their career. Should they stay at their original or should they be able to move around? Look. Those guys that have stayed at the same weight class their entire career. If you're a heavyweight, you usually don't move down unless you're a super undersized heavyweight. Somebody like Daniel Cormier or somebody like that. But if you're cowboy and you're moving from 155 to 170, Benson, 155 to 170. You got, you know, Frankie Edgar, 155 to 145, talking about 135. Kenny Florian, who's fought in four different fucking weight classes in the UFC before. I'm not against it. Uh, I'm not against it at all. Based on weight cuts and, you know, how your career goes, you have to do what's best for you. Uh, if you're in a division, you're doing great, and then all of a sudden you hit a wall and you realize, you know what, the cut's not working for me, or I'm working way too hard to get to this weight class to not do that great, move up, move down, move wherever, do what you got to do. You know, Anthony Rumble Johnson was at 170. Guy's like 230 walking around. I don't know how he even made 170 for that long. Moved up to 185. He's fought at heavyweight. Now he's a staple at 205. You know what? You guys got to do what, what you got to do. If changing weight classes is going to uh, better your career, or at least you need to give it a shot so you know going forward which one's better for me, that's what you and your camp need to decide for yourself. I'm not against it. Casey, I'm not against it at all. I like the fact that these guys can actually tell, you know, this is a better move for me, it's better for my career, and this is what needs to happen, so you do it. It's the same way that if you're working at a great company, but somebody offers you money to go somewhere else, and you can achieve more and, and climb the corporate ladder, it's kind of the same thing. You're going to go. You're going to move over and, and do your thing and try and better yourself. So, you know what? The grass, they say the grass is greener on the other side, but at the same time, you're never going to know if you don't go find out. You can go over there and figure out, you know what, this is great for me, or you know what, it's not working. Go back to my prior weight class and go from there. You have to do what's best for your career, and based on a lot of the weight cutting issues that we've had with guys, you know, missing weight or cutting too much, or, you know, there's certain people that have died in smaller promotions and whatever, cutting weight or going to the weigh-ins after being completely dehydrated for a week, it's like you need to do what's best for your health, for your career, for your team, 
for everything. It's your fight career. If you got to make a, make a change, I'm not against it. Do what's best for you. And that's it. Um, we have one more question. It's from my boy Quest Dawson. Shout out to Quest Dawson. If you have any Ultimate Fighter jerseys or gear that you're looking to get rid of, uh, Quest Dawson, he loves the Ultimate Fighter, the biggest tough fan I've ever met in my life. Hit him up, ask him about his tough jersey collection. The guy's a nut. He makes me look like I don't even fucking graph sometimes. But that's neither here nor there. That's my boy Quest. He asked me, who's my pick to win Tough 24? Now, let me start off by saying, last night I watched the first episode. That was amazing. Um, a lot of guys I know on the show, a lot of guys I don't know on the show. I will say um, the first fight between Brandon Moreno and Alejandro uh, Pontejo, Pontaje, Pontaljo. I, I don't remember the guy's name exactly. That was a war. Both those guys are warriors. Brandon Moreno has the chin of fucking granite. Um, that was a great fight. The second fight last night was uh, Terrence Michael, Terrence Mitchell, the big, tall, five foot ten flyweight from Alaska against um, fuck. Oh, uh, Kai Carfons. Wow, Kai Carfons is a tough fucking dude. But if you train him in Thailand, straight Muay Thai, yeah, you're gonna be a killer on your feet too. That I saw coming. I didn't think Terrence had much to bring to the show. Um, you know what? My pick stands as it was when they announced the cast. And I even said that this guy would end up on this show before they announced the cast. I had a feeling when they said current champs and other organizations, my boy, Matt Danger Schnell. That is my pick to win it. I know he isn't ranked. I know he isn't seated too high on the show. I don't give a shit about those numbers. Um, Matt Schnell is a tough kid. He's great everywhere. Been around a long time. He was on that MTV show Caged all those years ago. And uh, that's my pick. That's my boy. And I think he has an incredible chance to win it. Could I be wrong? Yes, there are murderers in this house. But that's my pick to win Tough 24. So we'll have to watch it as the season goes by. Quick side comment on that. Do I think any of these guys can beat Demetrius? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to the winner fight Demetrius, but that may not be for a while. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, that is the question and answer portion. I am uh, finishing up. I apologize for having to do this in two parts. I didn't want to, but uh, my recorder shut off after an hour, so I had to continue it on a second part. Um, again, you guys can also hear me as a co-host on MMA Roasted, um, the greatest MMA podcast around. I love those guys. Shout out to Adam Hunter. Shout out to Greg Wilson and, uh, Bubba Jenkins. Again, if you're watching this, I love you, brother. And, um, you know, come back stronger. You're going to do great things in this sport. I have nothing but confidence. If you want to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, it's at CBTheGrenade, CBTheGrenade. If you want to follow me on Facebook, uh, it's CBGold. Just make sure you send me a message when you add me, letting me know that you found me through this show or MMA Roasted Podcast. I've got a lot of friend requests that I have not accepted because I don't know who you are. And um, my Facebook is a little more geared towards 
MMA as well as, you know, my own personal life, which is surrounded by MMA, but not 1 million percent MMA. So, uh, yeah, just hit me up on any of those. Um, you can also catch me at most of the local fights. And if you're in the Los Angeles area and you are not busy on Tuesday nights, you can come see Adam Hunter, otherwise known as Anime Roasted, the host of the podcast, and myself at the Dime Bar. He performs and hosts every Tuesday at the Dime Bar on Fairfax, and I am there pretty much every Tuesday. If you want to make sure, tweet me, uh, send me a Facebook message, something, but I am there pretty much every Tuesday supporting Adam and the other local comedians that want to step up on this. Uh, onto the Dime Bar stage. We have a blast. Great comedy, great drinks, great food, and uh, a great DJ afterwards. So that's the Dime Bar on Fairfax Tuesday nights. You guys got to come out. You're really, really missing out. I want to thank you all for the support, the subscriptions, the kind words, the tweets, the Instagram messages, the comments on the YouTube page. I greatly appreciate I appreciate Every one of my listeners, every one of my followers, and every one of my fans, no matter which category you fall under, I have nothing but the utmost of respect that you guys have given me a venue to share my opinions, my news, my announcements, and everything I feel and know about MMA. I study every day this sport to continue to give you the most premium quality news, podcast, YouTube show, whatever you want to call it, around. So again, I thank you guys so much. Side note, I know the microphone and the, the recording situation is not amazing right now. Um, I am working with a friend of mine who is a tech genius, who is going to come through and revamp everything. So we're going to redo with, with new mics. We're going to have possibly add an intro to the show. Um, I've been... I'm going to contact a few fighters that I'm friendly with to see if maybe they'll record a video or audio uh, introduction for my show. We're going to do that, um, and uh, I'm going to try and start having guests. Like I said, my friend is coming in to revamp the studio. If I can have guests through Skype and record the videos or have them come in and you know discuss MMA with me and, and my listeners, um, I'm going to see what I can do. I'm doing everything possible to better my show, better the quality, bring in guests, and give you the best possible news uh, podcast slash YouTube show around. So again, I love you all for your support. I thank you guys so much. I greatly appreciate the respect you guys have shown me. And um, keep spreading the word on my show because I'm just trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, again, thank you guys for everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot be appreciative enough um, of everything you guys have done to escalate me. Uh, on YouTube alone, we're over 1,500 views for all the episodes put together. So we are killing it. Keep spreading the word of the show. Send me all your questions. Send me all your questions. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, send me a private message. Uh, you can even Snapchat me direct, CB the Grenade. Send me a Snapchat of your video question of what you want, and I will make sure it gets answered. You will get a shout-out. I shout-out every person's name that sends me a question. So thank you all very much, and uh, keep an eye out for the next episodes. This will be up very soon. 
sorry for the two-parter. Uh, again, working on the studio and the quality of the show. And uh, thank you guys. So I'll see you very, very soon. Enjoy Arlovsky Barnett this weekend. Noon. Main card starts at noon. West Coast time. That's California time. On Fight Pass only. Enjoy it, guys. Love you all. Thank you.